In this episode of The Full Nerd, Intel gets salty. Ryzen, Boostbug, and Brad tells you about the best GPUs. Welcome to The Full Nerd, episode 105. I'm your host, Gordon Ung, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Representing the budget contingent, Eleni, I just had to bring that up, sorry. Hi, everybody. And Adam Patrick Murray, controlling the horizontal and vertical. Uh, before we start, we have a lot of news to get to, but uh, before we oh. start, I have to make a correction. Uh, you know, something I need to address, we talked about uh, RTX features and control last week. Uh, and Gordon posed a, a serious question. He said, could you ever go back? Uh, and in that time, I've finished Control. The The first half, uh, I played without RTX, mm-hmm. or ray tra- real-time ray tracing. And the second half, I played with real-time ray tracing. Uh, and I got to say, wow, I, I don't know if I could go back. I'd... I think you <laughs> That's have to a non-committal. Fi- but you have to finish this experiment and then spend some time playing a game with high refresh rates. Because I think those were the two things that you were deciding True. between. Yeah, right? I should. Uh, but it did change your mind, though, because I know Adam was like, whatever. I, mean, I, I will also <laughs> say... And then now he's like, oh, I don't know. I just, I, it was, uh, you know... <laughs> I, you know, I, and yeah, I, I haven't uh, spent a, a long amount of time using real-time ray tracing like... Uh, like I did with control uh, before, um, but yeah, it was definitely definitely impacted the experience way more than I thought it would, uh, and it wasn't the the reflections as much as it was the lighting, especially in that game. I mean, the lighting is such a huge part of it, mm. and to have it realistically, you know, portrayed in there, oh wow, it was. Uh, either way, amazing game. Definitely my favorite game this year, <laughs> you know. Uh, you and finished then, the yeah. whole game already. Oh yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. And there's still still so much more I want to do. But, but so yeah. But I mean, the one thing that I think is also lost too, because a lot of people say, "Hey, I can only you're only getting what eighty with a twenty eighty Ti, and we're getting sixty ish with a twenty uh, twenty sixty super twenty sixty super yeah, was fifty five to fifty ish, yeah, fifty ish to, to sixty. A lot of people were like, "Well, that's not enough frames. I want high frame rate, but." It is pointed out that that genre of game, it's not like you need 144 frames a second to play that game, right? Yeah, also, and you know what, I will, I will also say, uh, who's at Digital Foundry had an amazing breakdown of the PC version, gave some recommended specs, so that helped. Um, Hardware Unboxed had a nice feature showing the sharpening, whatever the new NVIDIA sharpening was compared to DLSS. So actually, I turned off DLSS and used the sharpening instead and played at 1080. And actually, it, yeah, that game still looks beautiful at that resolution. So, yeah, it was definitely uh, an eye-opening experience. I I just wanted to, you know, put it out there. It was... It was it was nice, but it really changed your mind. It sounds like sort of. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely drag drug me in that direction way more than I have been in the past. You know, one uh, thing I, I do want to point out because you're right, he should try high high refresh rate too. But I've done testing. I've done blind testing of people on high refresh rate. And this, granted, this is back in the 120 hertz days. I was floored at the amount of people that just didn't give a damn about the refresh rate. Because I saw high refresh rate. I was like, oh, you got to be dumb to not want this. And like half the people were like, I-, I don't like it. It's like, what? Are you crazy? But it really was 
It really was. See, they, well, they weren't in, used to it. They just were not used to it. In my experience, people who like who have never played high refresh rate and walk up to a monitor and start playing a high refresh rate, they're like, oh, I guess that's cool. But once you've used it for a week or two, try to go back to 60 and then you're done. Yeah. Yeah, I I can imagine. I, yeah, no, it, it's it's a good point. I should. I mean, I don't know how uh, how I'm going to work that out, but yeah, it's definitely definitely something to try out. And yeah, something it, we can get into later. But. It doesn't feel like you can get both to the next generation because you're not going to get 144 frames at high res res with ray tracing turned on. Yeah. So not yet, anyway. Yeah. But anyway, so. Anyway, we got news to get to. We do have some news. Breaking news. I got here a little late. We started the podcast late because I was on a call with uh, Intel, who was doing a briefing from, I think, uh, IFA. 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 This is not a e-phone. It's an uh, Well, that's either way, you don't have an Apple phone. It so. doesn't matter. I don't. But <laughs> if it were an Apple phone, it would be an iPhone, not an e-phone. It's a German mm. convention. Yeah. Being said from the U.S. <laughs> so it's not, you know. I literally have never heard anyone call it uh, iPhone. you never heard Juan <laughs> either. Well, yeah. Well, what we have, yeah. but okay. <laughs> but the gist of this was so this is this is hot. You're probably starting to see news of this just starting to trickle out now. Uh, Mark Hawkman is working on a story now. Uh, the big actual headline news is next month we will see Cascade Lake X, which is of course the next iteration of of Skylake X. Hi, H E D T. I don't know how in the world we all started using that term. Uh, it means high end desktop basically, and it is the high core count next generation, not necessarily because it's still 14 nanometer, core from Intel that we're going to see next month. And, of course, we're also expecting 9900KS next month, too. That is their all 5 gigahertz 9900K part. But uh, we're going to share this one slide, if I can find it myself. So while you're doing that... You describe this as salt. Yeah, it was all throat. salt. So, are we talking like Pacific Ocean levels of salt? Are we talking H- like Dead sea salt. sea salt levels here? <laughs> well, I, first, I want to, I want to, I want to explain my interpretation of of salt. Okay. Like some people think salt is like, oh, you're crying so much. It's like it's not really crying for me for no, salt. Gotta, my interpretation no, of shade. salt is you're so angry at your teammates. For being such effing morons and not actually playing the game correctly. You're playing a team game and you don't care and they don't care. Like World of Warships? And you just lose and they don't care and you just like, they don't even care. They're really people that just don't even care. They're just having a good time and you lose and they're like, you know. So like for me, salt is coming out and saying, what is wrong with you? Numb nuts, right? <laughs> this was Intel coming out first. Let's get to the news. <laughs> this, this slide we're going to show. Uh, do you want me to show it now? We're going to show the first because this is actually significant news. All right, I'm slide this up. It. This is if, if you're audio listeners, this the slide that says empowering creators coming next month, which is insane. Because I'm going to check my watch. It's September. They got a new CPU coming out next month. Last time Intel came out to say publicly, say, "Hey, we got a new CPU coming out next month." So casually, it's like never because it's always <laughs> it's always it's always a very closely held secret when things are coming. I guess they've just given up here. But <laughs> at the top, we see Intel Cascade Lake. It's a uh, bar chart. It's uh, and it says relative performance per dollar on next gen X series. 
Intel Cascade Lake X 1.74X to 2.09X. Intel Skylake X, so that's basically 18-core soldered part, 1.0, that's basically, right? A Threadripper 2990WX, which is a 32-core count. They're saying 1.30X for relative performance per dollar. AMD 2970WX, uh, 1.47X, and a 2950X Threadripper, 1.61X. So they're saying... This next-gen part is going to offer relative performance per dollar. This is like a lawyer statement almost. I was going to say. 1.74 yeah. Rel- relative. What is relative performance here? Uh, it depends on depending on the meaning of dollar. Also, so, Australian uh, so dollar, they're saying... And it's worth 12 cents. Are, are, wait, it, but you can almost read this two ways, right? Does this mean they're going to bring the price down per core, or are they going to double the core count? Yes, so that's what actually uh, Ryan Shrout, who, of course, everybody knows of uh, P. PC per fame mm-hmm. now at Intel um, said uh, don't ask uh, I can't tell you whether this is based because there's three levers you can uh, we can assume they're going to increase you could increase core count you can increase uh, clock speed or you can cut prices so those are the three levers I can think of actually there is number four which is we just made stuff up right <laughs> <laughs> But, but Intel's lawyers wouldn't let that do. That. I don't think Intel's lawyers nope. would do that. So I, he said, don't ask at the end. I said, hey, you said don't ask, but I'm asking anyway. Because one thing this could also indicate is, oh, look at how much more value we offer you on this AI workload because we have DL boost and we have uh, APX yep. 512. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, threader per sucks on this. Skylake like X doesn't have it. Kind of not that great either. If it's based on that, that's like, oh. And it is entirely possible that that's what they're basing this on. That's what NVIDIA's, like when they launch new graphics cards, when Jensen gets on the stage and holds it up and goes, it's three times faster than before. It's always some edge niche AI case like that. Right. So it does happen. Right. It does. It does happen. I won't rule that out. And he, you know, I, he he answered my question by saying, <laughs> what you get is what's on that slide. I can't tell you. <laughs> so it's going to make us think for the next month. Are they going to cut prices? Are they going to up core count? Are they going to up clock speeds? Is this thing just going to run at stupidly high clock speeds or a mixture of all those? Or, you know, again, cherry pick performance. Well, but also they weren't starting at a great relative spot compared to Threadripper already. So uh, but that's 18 core versus a 32 core versus what's 2970X? That's 24 versus uh, 16. So, yeah, well, the leaks indicate Cascade Lake X is going to be everywhere from 18 to 10 is what I've seen on the leaks. So so same as before, same as before. I mean, you know, there I also saw I thought I saw a leak of a 56 core part, but that's I think it's a Xeon part. I don't think that's going to go to consumers because I think AMD and cooler heads will prevail at Intel and AMD on core count wars. So I, I but this. You think you're going to cut prices? I mean, they're saying more performance than a 32-core 2990W. I think if they do cut prices, that being Intel, it's not going to be the dramatic kind of things we're used to seeing on the AMD side. Yeah. Be like 100 bucks. <laughs> no, but that can't... I just... I don't know. It could be anything. It just kind of leads you to the wild imagination of like, well, maybe this thing is like, you know, I, 15 cores at 4.7 gigahertz. I you mean... Know? I would yeah. be surprised to see them just suddenly veer dramatically off into the wilds, you know, because they put, go by a very specific playbook. Yeah. They always trend towards performance over price. 
they like to tout like this is what you can do with our part. This is what make it. This was this is what makes it so much better than our com- competition. And then they'll maybe throw in a little bit of a price concession just because there is competition out there. But I don't see them dramatically like rolling up their sleeves and wading into the fight with you know price. Yeah, I, that's what I would assume too. But I do think, and this really does get to the. <laughs> the content of that call, which was okay. Intel got really salty with everyone. <laughs> everyone. Please, and I don't please mean give examples. Internet, please. I mean, again, because a lot of people think, oh, just stop your crying. No, really, I'm not crying. I'm just yelling at you for being, a, you know, a dummy or a loser or just terrible. You know, or uninstall this game, right? I'm pretty sure we, we all understand salt being throwing shade. <laughs> Well, okay, mm-hmm. so for number one, uh, this is the next slide. Oh, I didn't get, I didn't put this one other slide in there, but Adam can show this one. Wait, why so is this not? Which one? Because Slack is just really horrible. Come on. S- salt Slack. 2? Uh, yeah, 2. Salt 2. He did, salt label, two. He, he yeah. did label them this way. Salt yeah. 1. That was Salt 1. This right, is here, Salt here's 2. Here's Salt 2. So this, this is theoretically going to be a 14 nanometer part, right? This, this is will be a 14 nanometer that. part. Um, I think they showed off the Xeon version. I, they showed it off to me definitely at... Uh, Computex, it's you know got the DLB stuff and all the AVX with, uh, 512 goodness. With the way that they're able to push that 9900 KS to five gigahertz on all eight cores, man, I wouldn't be surprised if single thread performance and clock speeds are a big part of that number. Yeah, that's it too, right? You're right. Yeah, what if it's mm-hmm. single threaded performance, which is not what you buy 18 core part for? But <laughs> <laughs> if you could get 18 cores at 4.8 gigahertz, though, I mean, there you go. <laughs> that would be crazy. I don't think that's realistic. <laughs> But, no. you know, for all we know, we've just <laughs> been, like, storing these things up for the last few months to bust out now for a good win story, right? Um, but on this one, this slide, you want to pop yep, that one there up? There we go. This is like, hey, how's it going, everybody? Oh, is, is there a problem over on AMD land? I'm pretending to be Intel. They weren't like me being this, this mean or anything. But I'm just like, hey, look at this. Uh <laughs> Uh, they show a headline from Guru 3D uh, from, uh, I always mess his name up, Hebert, from Hebert, Ryzen 3000, AMD deliberately limited boost behavior in favor of longevity, says Asus staff. This is a quoting story from uh, Guru 3D, and also there is a story from PC Per showing that uh, 7.4% lower X264 performance. So they are basically, and if I understand this right, the part of the issue is the clock speeds are coming back a little bit than the original launch clock speeds. Yeah, seems like that. Yeah, that that seems like what I'm getting. But this is Intel saying, "Hey, oh, you got problems there." And then they also pointed this out, which of course made the rounds the other day. We're going to go Salt Three here. Oh, Salt Three. All right. Give me Adam's a second. Getting it up on the screen, folks. Uh, oh wait, no, I, I don't have Salt Three. Yeah, Salt Four. Sorry, Salt Four. Okay. I for, oh, Salt Three did not post for some reason because I have a wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful work machine. All right, it's there crazy we go. to see Intel being this straightforward about that. They usually, are. They don't even usually mention AMD. They don't even mention. <laughs> like they used AMD. to say our competitors or whatever. Right. So this is and it's like, hey, check this out. You know what's great about the ninety nine hundred K? You can hit a 5 gigahertz turbo. We'll guarantee that in every single CPU. <laughs> can you do that? And that basically is like, you know, and they're quoting basically the, the stuff that came out from Der Bauer, uh, showing that a lot of these, uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but a lot of these Ryzen parts do not hit their claimed boost scores consistently. Mm-hmm. So a lot of fancy graphs, a lot of fancy charts, basically 
Yeah, what, what are these charts showing for the audio? Thirty nine hundred X is uh, minus five point six gigahertz um, rated single core clocks. Thirty seven hundred X is minus fourteen point seven hitting rated That's not single a minus. core clocks. That's saying five point six percent of CPUs yeah. are hitting. Oh, so only five point six of thirty nine hundreds are hitting uh, their rated single clock scores. Yikes. 3700X, only 14.7 are hitting rated single clock scores, and 3600X, only 9.4% uh, are hitting their rated single clock cores. And then Intel's basically like, hey, I got a CPU. It'll hit it 100% of the time. I do All like I do like that this is framed as uh, from the community. Feedback from <laughs> well, because it's not them. They're like, you know, in They're a like, way, we didn't do just, this. This is just what you're telling us. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't do it. Hey, we knew it about it but you, know, you told us and we got something we, for you that can fix it yeah yeah it's called it comes in a box <laughs> i didn't tell swoop on it I, yeah and there's and that that's just a desktop and i didn't clip out the, the 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 laptop stuff here but there they were just it was even more brutal they had a all not all brands are the same i i should have cut this out for this but it, it had a core i7 does not equal ryzen 7 logo Right. Did it really? Yeah. It was like, wow. damn. Dang. That is just like, whoo, that is in your face. And oh. you know what? They can legitimately do that on laptop. I know a lot of people always say, like, oh, won't you look at, you know, Ryzen and laptop? 12 nanometer Ryzen's are not in the same class yet. Or 12, or Ryzen's are not in the same class as, as Intel Mobile. I mean, yeah. I, I think anybody oh, who's, yeah. who can be fair and step out of the fanboy, take the jersey off, you recognize that, right? For everyday use, it's perfectly fine, but if you want to get down to benchmarks and battery life and all these yeah. other things, not quite there yet. We'll see if 7 nanometer gets there, but today, not there, and Intel was all over that. They had all the benchmarks, were all over them <laughs> from here to there. I mean, it was just... It was just it was just brutal. It was... Everything was just... It like, sounds like uh, the, they spent like five minutes talking about the KS and the Cascade Lake X, and then they spent 20 minutes just dumping on everybody else. That's pretty much. That's all it was. That was pretty much like, hey, we're going to come out with this parts. And then, oh, by the way, did you know they suck here? And this <laughs> sucks here. I think it was, I mean, they, I, I, whatever you can say, oh, well, they're just, look, I've, I've tested, I've not seen the latest Ryzen parts. Intel parts are just, they just ruled in laptops. We'll see when they get here, but I don't think it's going to change. Reality, harsh reality is no, they're not. AMD is not really ready to take laptops on yet. We'll see when seven nanometer Ryzen gets here, but at this yeah, point, it's not third gen Ryzen mobile isn't out yet. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that was and that wasn't even it. That's like after they 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 you know finished yelling at at AMD mobile to uninstall the game. Then they then they got on a Qualcomm and they're like, look how much this... It was like, yeah. That's like fish in a barrel, man. I, I know. It was like, oh, I went to Disneyland and I, I brought uh, I brought this wonderful Whiskey Lake. Actually, I bought a, I brought an Amber Lake Y, which is a KB Lake uh, Corian part, to Disneyland and I brought one of these Qualcomm and I was like, well, you know, I went to install uh, Nord. Oh, it doesn't work. I went to install Dropbox client. Done work. This done work. This done work. Oh, I can go and buy Photoshop Elements for $99 in the store. Done work. Right? It's just because Qualcomm and their emulation just doesn't work. Doesn't work. Like, everything was like, we need a t shirt. Doesn't right? work. I mean, we know this. It, ARM is. Put that on the list. Yeah. ARM on. ARM on, uh, on Windows is not, it's not there yet. I'm, I've, I've tried both. I'm not really a fan of 850 based uh, 
Qual Samtragen. I I can firmly recommend that you buy uh, X86 over uh, Snapdragon, unless it's absolutely like you need stupidly good battery life. You have to have a very, very specialized. You need use. stupidly good battery life, and all you do is office. I was yeah. going to say, like, <laughs> you need stupidly good battery life where, like, one or two things you're going to do. Yeah, and it's really weird because at a certain point, you just have a Surface RT all over again. Uh, let's right? not talk about uh, that. It's just, yeah, it's just office and nothing else. And this is like, nothing, nothing else works. Done work. This Ugh. done work. That done you're work. You're stuck this with Internet work. Explorer, and that's it. Whew. So, yeah. That was, a, that was a dark time. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it really was like Brad was saying, hey, we got these new parts. But by the way, uh, we're going to tell everybody else they suck. You should understand. And here's how. And here's how. <laughs> Go to control panel. Find add or remove programs. Find it. Click on install. Right? That's just basically... And then, actually, I will say that the interesting thing is at the very end, they come out and they had a slide that says, Intel is committed. No, this is a big deal, I think. Intel is committed to desktop and mobile gamers and PC people, basically. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, I would not say that's been true over the years because usually the focus is mobile from Intel. They don't really care too much about desktop. I mean, they were happy to watch Ryzen march over the hills and, like, burn down the village of, of you know, i all day. But now suddenly it matters. So I, I think they're – I think it's sort of this fight and it shows they're, they're now starting to gear up for a, a fight back it's, against – It's AMD. really good to hear after, you know, it's been five years of we're not just a PC company. Here, watch us do our drone show. Oh, yeah. It's good to yeah, hear that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was not – fun times yeah so that's very significant it's good and no matter whether you wear amd jersey or an intel jersey it's good because you need competition for everybody it's you just want mm. plus you just it's better for everybody better prices mm -hmm. better hardware yeah even among game stores mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah just stir that pot yeah Gordon. right oh. but yeah so that was really i mean it was like but cascade lake x coming next month 900 ks coming next month big deal because they basically pre-announced these new high-end parts coming out next month. A month before they're here, no details, and they're saying we're going to offer way more performance. I tell you what, though, uh, the 9900KS coming out at this point doesn't fill you with confidence that 10th uh, Gen's coming to desktops anytime too soon. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like a 2021 part at this Right, could be late twenty twenty. I'm sure maybe. they'll have something mid. But realistically, how many people are going to care if they really do get five gigs on all cores? For oh, in the cast part, mm -hmm. I, it's it's just another we're a little bit faster, right? I mean, you just gotta you gotta keep something going. Nine hundred K. No, that's what I mean though. Like, do you think people who are actually buying these parts right now are really going to care that the next gen isn't really coming until? You know. That's true. If you're going to spend the money on like a 9900K, like $500, like you can say I can get 5 gigahertz out of the box for $510 right now, I'm sure they don't care. But I, you know, that the 900K part was damn near 5 gigahertz all cores anyway yeah. most of the time. So it was so close. But it is it is a real part. I, I sort of think the appeal would be, one, people who are just building now. And, you know, they don't care. There are legitimately people who have money. They don't care. They just want the best gaming at 240 hertz and bam, right? So you got to go for 900K for that. They're going to do 900KS because it's better. And what the hell, if it's the same price or a little bit more, you're already paying your pre for a premium part. You don't want to go in to the 
car dealership and come out with the the best Mustang minus two features because you, <laughs> you're going there to buy the top end, not the top no, end I minus know. two I, features. I'm just wondering, I'm just musing out loud, like oh. how many people are actually sitting waiting you know, for the next generation and like how many people will actually be, you know, satisfied with this kind of, you know, bone being thrown. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be some people who are who built who are who built with, in mind with, say, a lower end part, you know, a, a quad or a six core part with a, a 900K upgrade in mind. It's like, well, why don't I just wait a month and get the KS? So mm-hmm. that appeals to that. There's also a lot of the pre-built machines, a lot of people who just simply go out and buy them you know, the highest end gaming platform, which, you know, arguably is 900 K no matter what. Um, I think that's appeal, but no, I would think there's also some people going to say, you know what? I want more core count. So they're going to go. Yeah. That's the reason I'm kind right. of interested in 10th gen, uh, Intel parts coming out. And the fact that I bring this up, that it looks like it's not going to happen if they're putting this out now, because I'm in particular really not happy with the way Core i5 is shaken out recently mm, yeah. with the lack of hyper-threading, and I'm really interested to see what happens next time around. So that's yeah. the reason well, I'm interested in 10th gen. i5 traditionally hasn't had hyper-threading. Are you talking more about the lower i 7 parts that got it stripped? or I think or Brad is saying how bad it looks. Oh, i5 okay. is looking... It was never... It's stripped hyper-threading out of like everything they aside did. from Core i9. They did. It is core. It is core i seven. I was thinking of. Oh, you're thinking of i seven. <laughs> oh, yeah. like it's the exact opposite of what AMD is doing. AMD is like, yeah, we can put hyper threading on everything, and Intel's like, eh, response, more. we'll take it off of everything. <laughs> yeah, I would think they would have to look at their their marketing strategy because that really is. If they had if they'd given some of those lower end parts hyper threading, then it, you wouldn't buy i seven. So I understood mm-hmm. why they do it. But then they started falling behind the performance curve, thread count curve against Ryzen. They really couldn't respond by just simply, you know, we're going to give you hyper-threading. Well, the crazy yeah. thing is that's what the story is on desktop, but on laptop, it's, there's... Yeah, same. I mean, it, right now, yeah, i5 is a, is a, what? It's a quad part with hyper-threading. No, it's six. There was on the H parts, it's a six core with hyper-threading versus a quad part with hyper threading. Yeah, I five has HT, yeah. I forget. Ninety three hundred H. But on the U parts is where it doesn't matter because the I seven and I five it's just core clock it's just a clock difference because the I five mm-hmm. gives you hyper threading, the I seven gives you hyper threading on the low low power parts. So who can who can understand it? But I mean, it, is, it is based on completely different worlds. It's a different world because there's no competition there. So yeah, I, I agree that I I don't know if tenth gen is going to make that much of a difference. Though I mean, I guess they have we'll to. See. I just I don't think it's coming to desktop anytime soon with this getting released right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean nobody really understands the strategy right now. I, I think, especially on tenth gen mobile, it's pretty confusing at yeah, this point. Especially chats waiting. Uh, you know, they don't care too much about um, the process size. They just want to know performance. You know, they yeah. See how it, how it all shakes out. So, so yeah. But that was that was uh, interesting. I uh, I've never heard so much um, yelling at everybody in the, in the <laughs> chat log as uh, as this call this morning. They weren't yelling. That would be yelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were. There's you definitely were a lot of there's definitely a lot of shade thrown, basically. At their competitors, Qualcomm, AMD. I love it. Great. Where's the beef for the modern era? Yeah, well, yeah. you know, so something where a lot of other shade is being thrown is uh, in AMD's direction. 
Uh, we we have some news around that, right? Yeah. Brad knows. So, yeah, I do know. Uh, so there's been an issue since AMD's Ryzen 3000 processors came out. Um, before we get into this, going to preface it with Gordon reviewed these parts. Lots of people have reviewed these parts. They're great. This is like a technical thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still something people need to be aware of because it does affect performance. But don't lose sight of the fact that these are still great parts, which I think is important to start off with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, since Ryzen 3000 CPUs came out, um, people haven't been able to get them to overclock very well. Uh, so there's been various investigations into it. Tom's Hardware found that... The way the AMD's been in these things, you're basically guaranteed the, you know, uh, boost speed. I forget. That's the name the AMD calls it, the boost speed. But the boost speed uh, on one core and the rest, not so guaranteed. They kind of been them. It's kind of different from what things have gone before. Uh, so anyway, uh, noted uh, overclocker Der Bauer just did a survey, and he asked over 3,000 different people with uh, Ryzen 3000 CPUs to... You know, set it up a certain way and go run a single-threaded run of Cinebench and then record the maximum highest boost rating. And as it turns out, quite a lot of Ryzen 3000 CPUs can't hit their rated maximum boost speed. They don't come very far below, but they do come below. For example, according to Drew Bauer's charts, uh, the Ryzen 7 3600, only 49.8% of those hit their boost clock rating. And as you move up the stack, as Intel just pointed out, uh, that percentage drops dramatically with the high-end 3900X, only 5% of processors actually hitting their rated boost clock, which is clearly a perform- is clearly an issue, right? Like, if you're buying this, it's advertised for whatever, 4.9 gigahertz or whatever it is. You expect to hit 4.9 gigahertz at least sometimes. Um, Der Bauer's, you know, big survey shows that that's not happening. Um, there are caveats to that. Uh, the Ryzen 3000 CPUs rely greatly on new Windows scheduler updates and the newest version of Windows and new firmware revisions that basically assign high-speed tasks to a, to the most performant core. So if you're not running all that latest software, that could be a reason that your CPU's running slower. But nevertheless, out of the box, your CPU's not running how it should. Um, AMD came out yesterday and said that, yes, you know, after all this has been coming out, we've been going through it. Processor boost frequencies depend on many variables, including workload, system design, and cooling. They've been going over all this, and they have identified an issue in their firmware that, in fact, does reduce boost frequency in some situations. So they're going to be preparing a BIOS update for their motherboard partners and give the community an update about that uh, on September 10th, uh, a week from now, iPhone Day, which is a great day to bury the news. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That Uh, is a good day to announce it. So that was long, but basically AMD CPUs aren't running as fast as they said that they would. And they've identified an issue, and they're going to talk more about it on September 10th. So, Brad... The difference, if I remember right, from what I read very briefly, it's it's not a huge delta, right? It's like 0.1, 0. 0.2. Yeah, for, uh, I'm, I'm looking at Extreme Tech's write-up of Der Bauer's video right now because it's a lot easier to scan words than video while 
you're talking on a video. Uh, <laughs> and like the majority, according top, right? to Extreme Tech, the majority of 3700X CPUs can hit 4.375 gigahertz, but can't quite make it up to 4.4. So yeah. they get most of the way there. It's a few megahertz under, but it's still, you so, know, not hitting the rate of clock speed. Is this okay. is this a big deal? I I think from my point of view. It's not a big deal. You're looking at what point, point, point oh five or something right. of, of actual overall clock speed. Um, I think there's also issues with uh, s- surveys because I mean, frankly, if, if I were Intel and I had one of those chips in the lab, I'd be running it and submitting it too. I mean, you, you don't, <laughs> you don't know. Like, you don't. I, so there's sort of issues with the how the the data is is collected. You know, it's like it's like believing a survey in the internet. Like they, uh, they, you know, that being said, and yeah, there is self selection and stuff like that. But that being said, Der Bauer's you know three thousand people from a noted overclocker. Oh yeah, he said a lot of his people, a lot of his followers are you know very interested in Rise, and that's why they bought these AMD yeah. chips. So I don't think it's it is you know not perfect science but i don't think it's imperfect to the point that you want to throw it out either yeah don't, and i don't i don't mean to say that it is it is all bogus but you know there it is uh more at risk than you know sampling it in, in your own way to, to make sure it's pure but i i don't doubt that there is some issue of hitting clock speed but i just sort of think like 100 megahertz is just not really a big deal and then especially because of the way boost behaviors are uh, they're I like on uh, Threadripper. If uh, I remember, if I ran Ryzen Master, it wouldn't run at its highest clock because of the observer mode, right? <laughs> their their own utility would prevent it from going into boost mode. Mm. Where I use HW Info or something else, then it would hit turbo. So even the Windows, you know, uh, task manager would tell you more accurate, indicate more accurate clocks in their own because it was it was nerfing the clocks a little bit. So. There's just all kinds of things that come into play, and I don't think overall it's a huge issue. I will say that's for us because it's not really a big deal, but I will tell you lawyers and lawyers who like to sue you because you're not hitting your advertised speeds, yeah, that's a hell of a big deal. Yeah. So AMD yeah. does have to fix that because you now suddenly have a class action suit from someone saying, I only got 4.79 gigahertz out of my CPU. So I think that's the heart of the matter right there, really, because... Yeah. In terms of real-world performance, you're not going to see that much of a difference. Um, but I think nobody likes being told, hey, this is what you're getting, and then you don't get it. There's just something about that that rubs everybody the wrong oh, sure. way. Like, you could give me 50 pennies, and if there's 48, I'm going to be irritated on some level just because <laughs> you told me it was supposed to be 50. Classical. Yeah, yeah. you but set it's like 50 cents. Yeah, it's like, it's, but it's like 50 cents. In the long run, like, what am I going to buy with 50 cents anyway? <laughs> like, in San Francisco, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> also, no. you're talking about... Even the panhandlers yeah. are going to reject it. <laughs> That'd be an insult. You get like that'd be dangerous, but, but from from a reviewer point of view, to me, looking at the discrepancy in speeds, like if I got those speeds when I was doing tests, I'd go, well, that's within the margin of error. Yeah, like that's so small True. that I'm not even going to worry about it. But that being said, the fact that it's happening, uh, it looks like so, not universally, but so much. I mean, yeah. that is an issue. Do you think this can actually be fixed in a patch? Is yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like it. I don't think they sit, would say they're going to do it and then not actually fix it because well, that would be 
really bad look for them. They're, they didn't say they're going to fix it. For some, uh, so oh, for some scenarios, that addresses the issue. For some scenarios, yeah. they like they very carefully worded that to say like this will help improve it in some scenarios, yeah. but not all. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think they would even promise that if they didn't feel confident they were going to hit it. Yeah, I agree. Just up the wattage a little bit or something, the voltage. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. No, I'm I'm trying to find that story that because Intel, the one that Intel pointed out, and this this is the biggest problem for AMD is it gives. It gives Intel the capability to, you know, wedge in there and say, hey, you get 900K, hit 5 gigahertz on core all day. And they did. Yeah. So I've read it recently. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but here's from the Intel slide. It's actually a screenshot of the Guru 3D article. Mm -hmm. It's an Asus employee on Reddit mentioned that AMD has reduced the boost behavior of Ryzen 3000 processors to a more moderate level as it was too aggressive and is now a bit more limited in favor of longevity. So that's what Gordon's talking about. That's what an Asus representative has apparently said on Reddit, or mm -hmm. that's what Guru of 3D said, and Intel is quoting. A lot of hearsay there, but... Yeah. <clears throat> but it is, it's interesting, because it it's a fear, as a reviewer we always have, is you get a part that they push it to the very limit, and then six months later, I always have this fear with laptops. Six months not even later, six months later. Not even six months later. Uh, six months later, they push out a BIOS... And then they, the clocks come back a little bit. So mm. I actually have, I'm always on the lookout for it. I have not actually found that to happen, but I'm always a little concerned that, you know, because they react to, a PC maker could say, yeah, we've had a lot of complaints about fan noise, so we're going to. Mm. Well, that was, that was actually an issue recently with the Radeon RX 5700. I'm not sure if it still is. I took most of last month mostly off, so I didn't keep up to date on it. But Radeon RX 5700, also obviously from AMD, came out with certain fan noise levels. Uh, a subsequent BIOS update jacked the fan noise levels. Uh, Tech Power Up did a good job keeping up on that. So stuff like that does happen. So they cranked their clock, the fan noise back due to complaints? No, up. Oh, up. They cranked it up oh. after, after. So it got much louder in a, sub, in a sub, carry on BIOS update. I cannot talk today. <laughs> I wonder if that, I mean. You could assume the worst and say they're doing this because they're not hitting the clock speeds and, and now they have to, they didn't want to get beat up over fan noise. So afterwards they try to sneak in higher clocks. Mm -hmm. It also could be in reaction to now getting more production parts out there and finding that they do have to up the clock speed or the, the fan speeds to keep the clock speeds up because now they've got thousands yep. of parts out, tens of thousands of parts out, not just a few hundred to reviewers. Or in their life, and if that Asus claim turns, it turns out it is true. Again, a lot of hearsay. Heard it from Intel. Heard it from Guru Three D. Heard it from a Asus employee on Reddit. That's kind of what it sounds like is happening here. Yeah, yeah, and then it sounds like they're sort of backing off of backing off now, maybe. So mm -hmm. we'll see. I mean, it's kind of one of those little makes you wonder, like. Uh, if they run the clocks, if they're running the clocks too hard, is it, are they going to limit the life of these things, and then they have an issue because you know they all take a dive, dive to the mat in a year or two. That would be very I'd, quick if that happened. I yeah, doubt it. I don't insane. expect that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be big class action lawsuit. I think they wouldn't do that. Yeah, that would be like <laughs> red ring of death level of having to oh. do some like PR cleanup. Have you ever met anybody with an Xbox that did not red ring that original one? I had five. Yeah, I had seven. 
<laughs> I went through seven. Weirdly, one of one of my friends has an original one that has not yet read. How many made. hours on it? I don't think he put a lot on that. See, that's also, <laughs> did, did they keep it in a fridge while it was running? No, I think he just didn't play as much. Oh, that's hmm. why. Because I was shocked, too. Because I think he, by that point, he already had had it for like six or seven years. Oh, yeah. I and I think it's just not surprised. any. There's no. In I've fact, always. Go ahead. I've always been a hybrid PC gamer, console gamer. I went through five different Xboxes. Xbox Ones. Not Xbox One. That's an Xbox 360. 360 the numbering scheme. Uh, between the Red Ring of Death and Discrete Errors. And after that, I'm pretty much a pure PC gamer. <laughs> Ass. I never believed that failure rate that they, they sent publicly. I think they said 25% failure rate. It was more mm. than that. It was more than I'm, that. Yeah. I'm convinced it was 100% of all Xbox 360s used that were run hard. Because so, mm-hmm. there's no way you have seven and eight failed lo- uh, consoles and then not <laughs> clearly being a design <laughs> issue. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I I guess we will see. Pe- people don't seem to be too upset in the chat. You know, I, I think a lot of people don't want to be lied to. That that's what they're feeling upset about. Mm-hmm. But uh, how you much are you actually going to feel? Fifty yeah. megahertz. You know? It really um, just comes yeah. down to, as yeah. Brad put it, just expectations yeah. and the way they were set. Elena, what's her penny? I mean, if if it's still two performing pennies. well, it's two two pennies. Yeah. I do love I do love that they're putting the update out on iPhone day. Like <laughs> we didn't think she's it's like, yeah, we'll put it out uh let's see, September tenth. Let's do September tenth. Yeah. <laughs> Which is day. super funny because we were talking about this in relation to gears and everyone was mm-hmm. like, Gears will be fine and then for this it's like it's being buried. <laughs> well True. this is tech, that's different. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's gonna. It's probably gonna be at you know two o'clock in the afternoon in the middle of the Apple keynote. Here's yeah, they're, they're gonna time it for when they say, "Oh, one more thing." Okay, go live now. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Hey, you hear about that new iPhone? Hey, did you get that BIOS update? Yeah, it's it's got a touch sensor. I heard on the screen. <laughs> That's funny. Oh boy. Well, uh, Gordon, uh, if there's anything else to uh, to talk about this. We have uh, a nice topic to, to get around to, right? Brad was talking about best GPs. GPUs. Yeah, yeah. You know, we uh, when Brad was in town a couple weeks ago, it's awesome to have him here. Uh, we made a lot of videos, a which, lot, like half of them are up. Uh, but the ones that went up over the the long weekend were the best GPUs to buy right now, uh, and we split it up between gaming resolutions, uh, and, you know, kind of wanted you to uh, recap the findings here, uh, maybe go a little more in depth, but also, we had some interesting comments in those videos. Uh, many, yeah, many, many interesting comments. comments, you know, especially, uh, you know, your your lack of support for uh, for AMD hardware. Uh, really? So, yeah. Okay. So, why, why, why don't we re- recap uh, what we, what videos we did, and... And the right. conclusions. So, yeah, while well, I was in San Francisco, we did videos on all kinds of stuff, but related to this, blower versus axial coolers, uh, the best 1080p gaming GPU, the best GPU for 1440p, and the best GPU for 4K. Uh, the like Adam said, the YouTube videos are all up. You can find the basic information already in my constantly updated best graphics card for PC gaming guide on PCWorld.com. So, you know, a little self-promotion. Uh if you don't like video format, I'm also going to have articles basically condensing all this information around each resolution this week and next week, basically. I'm not really sure when they're going to publish, but they'll be done this week and next week. Uh, 
So yeah, just because we haven't talked about it in a while, I thought it'd be a good chance to talk about what are the GPUs we're recommending right now. Because, you know, NVIDIA's played its whole hand with RTX and GTX at this point. Uh, the 5700 is out. So, you know, things dramatically got shifted around this summer, especially in the 1440p space. So starting from the bottom, if you don't have a lot of money, but you want to get a pretty decent 1080p gaming experience, I recommend the Radeon RX 570. Uh, which you can find on sale these days for 120, 130 bucks. Yep. That includes, you know, that's the custom models too, so they're not reference design, so that's good. Uh, and that includes three months of Xbox Live Game Pass, which is great. You I mean you can buy these GPUs for 120 bucks, and I have to buy a game for three months. So, if you don't have a lot of money, but you want to get a decent 1080p gaming experience with some visual compromise, there you go. Uh, if you want to step up to you know, more of a no compromise 1080p, 60 hertz uh, gaming experience. Uh, I recommend the GeForce GTX 1660 at this point, um, which I think starts at 220 bucks. Uh, in the real world, the custom coolers it costs a little bit more than that. I mean, you can find some for 220, but you're looking to more like spend like 230 or whatnot. That'll give you more of a no compromises ultra 60 frames per second kind of a deal. Uh, you know, if you're looking to do 100. Uh, 120 hertz monitor, maybe get a 1660 Ti instead. Uh, if you step up to 1440p, uh, my recommendation is the Radeon RX 5700, 350 bucks. Um, definitely buy that over the similarly priced uh, RTX 2060 because the RTX 2060 is slower. Its ray tracing is mostly ineffective and it has nerfed memory configuration. So 5700 is 100% our pick for 1440p 60 hertz gaming if you want to spend more money there's the 5700 xt is a good choice at 400 dollars uh it almost comes close to the 2070 super in performance which is 500 bucks uh and it's faster than the 2060 super uh just kind of churning through these so we can get to the questions uh if you want to do 4k gaming the 5700 xt and 2070 super are decent options uh, if you don't mind making some visual compromises. Uh, but if you don't want to make visual compromises, uh, the really the only option for 4K60 is the 2080 Super. It costs you 800 bucks, And if price is no object and you want the best possible 4K gaming, you know, experience, you got maybe one of those new 120, 144 hertz 4K monitors, uh, you're going to need to spend 1200 bucks on the RTX 2080 Ti. I feel like this episode is full of monologues for me. <laughs> well, uh, Brad, Brad, hold on real quick. Uh, hold the phone. Why did you not recommend oh, here we go. Here we a go. Vega? You know, <laughs> Brad, why are you shilling for AMD? You got to recommend AMD a Vega. Parks. I, why are you recommending Navi over Vega? Uh, yeah, I did not recommend Vega because Navi is here. And I believe Scott Herkelman confirmed to us on that episode that with Navi here, Vega's basically just riding out to end of life. He didn't say it in so many words, but... Yeah, you know, but Brad, you, you know, for the same price as something way more expensive, you can get a Vega. <laughs> yeah. Brad, that's so all you need I, is a Vega. I read that comment, or Adam oh, brought up many that comments. comment to me. Many, many Vegas. And, uh, I was looking at pricing, and you can find a single Vega for $340, I think it was. But most of them still cost 400 bucks, and they're not that much faster than the GTX 1660 Ti, which starts at 
two hundred and eighty bucks. Ooh. So and the sixteen sixty I also uses a lot less power. So I would not recommend a Vega over a sixteen sixty Ti unless I guess you get a hell of a deal, like from a buddy or something. I just at this point Vega Vega was kinda in a rush spot when it came out. At this point it still is. I'm not just trying to say it's not useful, but it's definitely not ideal with what you're going to find at street prices. I see all those NVIDIA boxes behind you. Shill. I got the AMD wow. ones over there. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, we, you know, we have we have some people wondering about longevity. Uh, do you, is, is there is there any recommendation of like, hey, do you think AMD cards last longer than NVIDIA cards? Uh, have you heard anything one way or the other? Well, there is, you know, the fine wine theory. AMD marketing has even played towards it a couple times. The idea that AMD dry game performance tends to get better. Uh, there are a couple different ways to look at that. Uh, one way that I look at that is that it's because AMD's leaving performance on the table on day one as opposed to NVIDIA, which is kind of my feeling on the matter in most cases. Uh, I feel like NVIDIA better optimizes drivers at day one for the higher performance. And part of the fine wine thing was, you know, AMD's team catching up performance. Hmm. Uh, but more importantly, now that Navi is out, um, it's a totally new graphics architecture. And there's no guarantee it's going to behave the same way that the graphics card next architecture did, which is what all these fine wine claims are based on. So I Definitely advise you to buy based on the performance you see today and never buy based on future promises. One, driver improvements are never a promise. Uh, two, even things that have been promised, like DX12 and ray tracing and stuff, like, I mean, people are still sitting on hardware waiting for those promises to come to fruition. So buy based on what you can get today. Uh, we have a couple very specific questions. Uh, Echo Belkin is asking, uh, what about the best GPU for VR? I guess it depends on which VR, VR headset, but um yeah you're gonna want an nvidia head uh, nvidia graphics card um that's a good point i should run some testing on that and add a section of that to my best graphics card thing there you go. boom Thank uh, you, but nvidia tends to have fewer frame spikes so nvidia and just higher overall performance in vr so if you're shopping for a vr headset i would recommend without having tested that myself recently just based on what I've experienced in the past and reviews on VR, things I've seen recently, I would suggest an NVIDIA graphics card. Uh, the faster, the better in all cases in VR. Um, I would definitely look at one of the 1440p GPUs. So I would try to get like a 1660 Ti, a RTX 2060 at the minimum. If you can get more, great. Okay. But I have not tested VR in like a year, personally. So that's just me explaining my view of the situation right uh and also side note back to the fine wine thing uh friend of the show hard ocp tv uh, kyle says fine wine was debunked for the most part yeah so yeah uh, can confirm uh and then people uh, you know they're talking about upgrade paths you know there, there's still some people on um uh, 10 series even uh, a good number of people on 9 series you know trying to figure out when when the best time is to upgrade maybe this is something elena can help out with uh when is the best time to get a new gpu do you think can i give a basic rule of thumb first sure before we get into things like that <laughs> wait wait two hardware generations like if you're on a 10 series sit on it wait for rtx 30 series or whatever i don't even know the next one wait on the next one 
wait two generations is the typical answer. Uh, in terms of timing, uh, speaking for U.S. residents, I'm not <laughs> sure about worldwide, but I am a big, big fan of waiting, if you can, for Black Friday, just because you can usually get um, a good price plus some kind of bundle. So you'll see these year-round as well. So if you can time, if your timing is good, you don't necessarily have to wait for Black Friday. But if you want like a guarantee that you're going to get a good price, then Black Friday you'll get some kind of um, hefty discount, oftentimes with like a mail-in rebate. Uh, but you'll also get like two or three free games. I mean, like right now they're doing the like Microsoft uh, Game Pass promotion. That's a little unusual. More often than not, you get like a discreet set Which of games. Which is a damn good deal. I mean, that's a great deal. If you have a lot of free time, three months of unlimited games is pretty good. <laughs> And uh, the thing is, like, during year round, you don't typically see as many sales on the newer cards. You're more likely to see them during something like Black Friday or even Prime Day now. Okay. Yeah. Worldwide residents, I sorry, I just don't know what things are like in your countries. Uh, I had an interesting comment on one of the videos. I can't remember which one, uh, but uh, somebody had mentioned that they were running uh, some sort of uh, counter over frame counter overlay. I, I think it might've been afterburner uh, and it, it was reporting a number higher than their, the re- refresh rate on their monitor. I think they had like 144 Hertz monitor, yep. but they were getting yeah, like 200 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, wait, hold on. I'm not seeing those extra frames. Uh, nope. Yeah. So could maybe can explain that, that maybe some people are pay- overpaying for a, a GPU. Yeah, well, you always want some sort of overhead baked into your GPU purchase. Like, if you buy a, a 1080p graphics card today, you don't want it to be exactly 60 hertz. Like, the 1660 that I recommended is going to give you more than 60 frames per second in gaming, so it has some future-proofing built in. Uh, but, yeah, basically, if your monitor can't display more than 120 frames per second, even if the GPU is rendering... 244 frames per second you're still only going to see 120 frames per second because it's the minimum of the two is you know the limiting factor and that's where you start seeing screen tearing and stuff like that come into effect when they get radically desynchronized like that so if you're seeing that far ahead you might want to look into vsync or something but yeah your frame rates are limited by the lower of your monitor or your graphics card yeah that's interesting uh, and then uh, Alejandro wants to, to ask Alina a question. Uh, do you work for PC World or PC US Lower 48? <laughs> when talking about pricing. Well, it counts Alaska. Alaska and Hawaii are included. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I bet imports to Hawaii is expensive, right? Why yeah. would it be? Well, I'm sure shipping. everything is shipped. Yeah. But I mean, the shipping is different than the actual pricing, though. <clears throat> Don't they just drop it off, though, on the way from Taipei to just kind of like... They pull the bing, <laughs> and then they just meet somebody at the dock and hand them, like, 50 cards, and they... And then the bus, the doors close, and they take off again, I don't know. I would just think they just drop it from the air. Yeah. Well, they're shipping, so... Yeah. Just yeah, put, the it, prices, put it in a little dinghy. I, well, bet, I, bet, yeah. I bet computer parts are just... They must be a pain. Well, it can't be that bad in Alaska. I mean, Anchorage is pretty I good size. I feel like Alaska and Hawaii are going to get the same prices as the rest of the U.S. It's just the shipping to them is going to cost more. That's all. Ooh, I wonder if Amazon Prime... Amazon Which is not Prime the would... same as, like, worldwide pricing where, like, AMD can be dramatically more expensive or, you know, NVIDIA can be dramatically more expensive. Like, they're not going to see those kind of spikes. And sometimes even they're, they're lower than us. Because I remember when... 
there was a point where people were saying that's this is crazy because Vegas are so cheap. You're like where? Because <laughs> everywhere I'm seeing them, they're like four hundred fifty dollars, and overseas it was like three fifty or something. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting parts of my trip to Japan was just going into like Yodobashi or Big Camera and just seeing like the prices on components. Were you shocked or were you? Uh, I mean, I wasn't shocked because I knew it's a different market. It's, it's just kind of you know fascinating to see. I was shocked in Taipei. I have to say, really? Yeah, because I was like, oh, I'm going to Taipei, or this could be hella cheap. Gonna, but <laughs> what? Like this is the same price for the CPU as the store across the street. It doesn't make any sense, right? I could just buy it across the street. To, I and mean, not it's, to not, deal with it's it. not manufactured there. It's designed there, but it's not no. But there. you just sort of figure. You're not gonna. You may pay whatever twenty bucks for a Blu-ray here, and then overseas in a different market, it might be five dollars or ten dollars because it's a different region locked. That's true. CPUs. I just was really, really shocked because they're not region locked, though. I know. I was just shocked because where's my deal? There was no deal on GPUs or CPUs <laughs> or RAM or SSDs. Nothing. What I would be super interested in seeing is how much they cost in China. Because like that's where it's manufactured. So you, the supply chain is. I, I don't <laughs> think it would be either. But I, that's still fascinating to me because the supply chain literally like it's right there. Yeah. Like it doesn't you have would, to go far at all. You would hope so. Yeah. Uh, all right. Back to the uh, the question. Uh, Mister Punisher seventy seven says, uh, "What GPU would you recommend for four K editing?" I think they mean video editing. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you can uh, clarify in there. But if if you're speaking of video editing. You don't really need to shell out a ton. Uh, obviously, there's there's newer encoders in the newer NVIDIA cards, but I I depends on your editing platform. Something like Premiere is probably not going to take advantage of it uh, as much as as some other things like streaming. Yeah, um, the 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 NV Inc and the and decoder engines are generally the same count from yeah. top to mid to lower. I think only the like all the Turing cores basically have the same encode decode performance from the encode engine i guess if you're using something where it's actually using the cuda cores it would make a difference then yeah go, uh, go for more they are clarifying video and yeah you know i mean i think the better question and one i usually ask myself is like on my pc sure i, I edit video but i also game so i think gaming is going <laughs> to be the limiting factor whatever you get for gaming is going to be damn well enough for uh for for video editing so uh, also, uh, Aquatic is asking, when is the next generation of NVIDIA GPUs coming out? If I knew that, I would place a bet in Vegas. <laughs> um, I Since they just refreshed all the super options uh, and basically refreshed the whole middle of their lineup, they basically the entire RTX lineup, uh, I would not expect them this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they start getting teased around CES or GDC, but it's going to depend on what AMD is capable of with the RDNA architecture and what they release to fight NVIDIA's higher-end options, I think. Okay. When uh, is? Do we know when the next-gen uh, AMD cards are coming out? At this point, we have no idea when anything's coming out. All we know that is RX 5700 and 5700XT came out on 7 nanometer with the new RDNA technology. Huge step forward for AMD's underlying process stuff. Uh... With the prices that we're seeing on the Radeon RX 570 and 580, I would expect to see a lower-end version first. Uh, but Lisa Sue has promised higher-end things are coming. So, But no details on any of that. I think 
I wouldn't be surprised if NVIDIA has stuff drawn up already, and they will drop them if <laughs> AMD drops something that spanks the 2080 Ti. Uh, but if not, I would expect NVIDIA to hold that for the rest of this year at least. What's um, When are the new consoles coming out? New consoles are slated for holiday 2020. Oh, hmm. Because I was going to like just kind of make a wild random guess of when we'll see 3000 series. I was thinking um, Computex kind of makes sense. But Computex might, would be fun. It does feel like maybe they push it later to later in the year. Plus, there's going to be there's so many different variables going on with new consoles, new AMD parts, Intel parts coming out, political ramifications in the U.S. So I think it feels like later next year, right? It feels like fall. Uh, would be a good time to launch. That would be a long time after the RTX series launch. But yeah, be. it would work. They just refreshed the supers. It depends. I don't know. I guess it'll depend on how fast they can make. If they can release something that makes ray tracing perform much better, I think they would accelerate that to get faster performing ray trace parts out faster. True. But yeah. fall, I wouldn't be surprised. You got re- NVIDIA doesn't ever mention... AMD out loud, just like we were saying Intel did not used to. But they do very much tie their product launches to AMD's product launches just to spite them. Uh, you got to remember the GTX 1080 Ti. Is that the one that it was? Took forever to come out. Yeah, it took forever to come out. We thought it was going to come out at CES, and then we thought it was going to come out in GDC. And it ended up coming out like right at E3. Because it took Vega 64 so long to ship. They were just waiting to spoil yeah. Vega 64. So, yeah, there's you know. no point. You might as well milk the previous product lines yeah. for all you can till till the end. Although, yep. with that, yep. I mean, with, with Pascal parts, they just simply launched anyway. They couldn't even wait, right? They had to just like, well, just got to do it. We can't wait forever, right? It feels like they, were they ended up Pascal just parts. launching the 1080 Ti. Within, yeah, in May, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's like we're not waiting for Vega anymore y'all can wait for Vega but if you think of for NVIDIA there's like you can there's so many parades to rain on <laughs> you can rain AMD's parade they could try anyway we don't know if it mm-hmm. will they they could try to rain on Intel's parade they could try to rain on consoles parade you know mm-hmm. so there's just so many sort of strategic things to make their competitors look dumb I think it's kind of a, that's always that yep. one component right I'm real interested to see what the next gen does look like because I, AMD has very inter- interesting stuff going on with RDNA and Navi. Like that's a huge step forward for them, I think. Hashtag wait for RDNA. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, yeah, you can definitely check out Brad's awesome article. He's uh, updating all the time, and then look forward to those other articles that he's working on for the uh, specific resolutions over at PCWorld.com. Or check out the videos on our YouTube channel. Uh, so, are we cool to, to run through some questions? Let's do it. Sure. All right, let me hit the button there. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, the first question from Dad Isn't Mad. Uh, what do we all think about Quadro 6000? Uh, if you can you know, use I, it, it looks like a beast. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed because that, you know, that Asus... Although I'm still not really clear on the relationship between that and NVIDIA, but the Asus ProArt Studio Book 1. Mm-hmm. A lot of broken, um, a lot of no spaces there. So obviously someone was typing <laughs> on a broken keyboard or something. And they jammed a Quadro 6000, RTX 6000. I don't generally pay attention to Quadro 6000, but damn, that is like, there's like 2080 Ti, then you have Titan RTX, and yeah, like Quadro RTX like a step above that. So yeah, I mean, th- this is, this is, 
the I, I'm going to their their product splash page and it's got data science, product development, 3D animation. Yeah, <laughs> this it's, is it's ultra woo. high end and has 24 gigabytes of RAM, so woo, like it woo. is not cheap. Yeah, it was 6400 when it came out, and now it's down to about 3600. Well, on, this is uh, the, Amazon. This mobile part is different, obviously. Uh, that's going to be a very expensive laptop. <laughs> that's going to yeah, beat uh, the crap out of a MacBook. Uh, what <laughs> I think about it is that if you need it, you already know it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it says uh, up to 24 gigs of DDR GDDR6 VRAM. Whoa. Yeah, it seems like it's really it's worth it for someone who's doing you know AI and all that kind of whatever modeling where it's a certain strength for an average person. No, definitely not. Which I was in the uh, briefing with Gordon yesterday f- about the uh, pro art. Uh, the Asus one, the new MacBook killer. Studio uh, one. That's what they were doing. You know, ray tracing tasks, AI tasks, things like the energy field that just crunches massive numbers. Those are the kinds of things that that thing targets. Gordon, Don't uh, buy it as a consumer. Well, what do you think about the interesting design? Because maybe this is something that they can repurpose for the gaming laptops. <laughs> Have you seen the design, the layout of it? Yeah, and actually, I tried to get to it because they there's nothing they have is an enhanced Optimus. So normally Wait. it switches. Go ahead. Can you describe it real quick? For- so it's a 15-inch laptop. It's big. It's thick, 25 millimeters thick, so it's fairly thick. Yeah. It's thicker than an XPS 15, 15-inch. 15 the crazy thing, and it took a little while for me to understand this, but they mounted the GPU and the CPU behind the panel. Yeah, all, all, almost all of the guts are behind the panel. Is so the So the... Well, the rest of it makes up for it. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. And also all the ports, all, interesting enough, all the ports are up there, too. Like the USB-C ports yeah. uh, are, are up on the panel, almost kind of like a, a Surface. Surface um, or the mother, Asus motherboard, but with like a permanent keyboard attached to it almost. Okay. And they also has a lid when you open it up is like the raw, the original ROG Zephyrus where, you know, it tilts up a little bit for, okay. for venting. Mm-hmm. So the back opens up a little bit for venting. When you're when you're running it, yeah, they they have an interesting breakdown where it's like all, all of the heat is coming on on the side, or all of the air is coming in on the sides and the bottoms, and then being blown out of the top. So the the top of the monitor is what's going to be heating up. So yeah, and there it is. The it's putting that, put that monitor fan technology in the GD uh, G-Sync HDR panels to good work, I guess. In laptops, <laughs> I guess. I wonder if it helps keep it cool, because I was thinking, because, you know, a lot of panels get warm from the LEDs, kind of just creating heat. Oh, yeah. It might actually help, but NVIDIA said they actually created the NVIDIA ACE reference cooling system for it, and it's Ooh. basically titanium vapor chambers. Yeah. yeah look sure. I don't know why, but yeah, they, they look giant. The vapor chambers and the the fins and everything look huge, and I'm, I'm not really sure why, because, you know, titanium isn't known to be stupidly good. Uh, heat conductor, but I guess I was kind of thinking, well, maybe so they say they did they they did it mostly for weight, and what I'm thinking is, I mean, part of it's copper, but maybe the fins are all titanium so they can do a crap load more fins to dissipate the heat out without making the thing, you know, so like if you tilted the screen back, it tilt, fell back, right? <laughs> uh, and I think maybe if they went with copper, it would just be too heavy. Mm. or it would just take up too much space. But by going with titanium, even though it might be a little worse, they can just spread it out, and then maybe they're so thin, because they are protected at least by the the panel and back. Maybe they're so thin they can just have way more fins, which makes up for it. I'm sure they did their their homework on that, but it's really an unusual design on it. And then, of course, it's got a badass 4K, 120 hertz, 97 DCI-P3 panel and all that. It's, It's clearly made for... 
this is eight thousand dollar laptop workstation kind of thing. Yes, I think it's going to be more than that. Would be my guess. <laughs> I would think so too. <laughs> but you know, and and the thing is, of course, it's like Quadro RTX, which has more RT cores, more Tensor cores, and a twenty eighty Ti in a fifteen point six inch laptop. You say, well, when are we going to see this in a gaming laptop? And they're like, mm, we can't talk about that. But it feels to me like. I'd always heard rumors for the last few years of NVIDIA wanting to do a 1080 Ti laptop. Remember, that never actually happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. I kind of wonder if they think they may do that now. Maybe they're going to do it. Because, you know, you've not had a Ti version in laptops. And so now mobile has very much suffered. And maybe in the 9 series, we got pretty close from mobile and desktop to the top end part. But with the 10 series and 20 series, the desktop part got a lot faster than the mobile part, and I'm thinking maybe that'll go into a gaming laptop later. Maybe, you know, CES, kind of maybe. Hmm. We'll it kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is going to be hell expensive and not not cheap, right? Oh. Uh, so, Renee's asking uh, when they can expect a review of the Leon Lee 011 Dynamic XL case. Yeah, thank you. Elena, are we going to look at that? Are we going to uh, tear that down? I don't have it on my list of things to get in. I can definitely look into it. Um, that's like the super massive one, right? Like that's the new one where you can do like the dual um, dual systems. I think it's like they took that one and then just made it bigger somehow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, sometimes the... Uh, Press releases start to blur together for me. Yeah, okay. we're not actually yeah. doing reviews though. So if we yep. do get it in, we mostly what we do is we unbox it and then we just kind of take it apart to see how it all fits together. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, which uh, is honestly, I think, very valuable for cases. Being able to see someone who has seen a lot of cases just open the box and go through it all and say, "Here, you can see for yourself what I'm looking at. Here's my impressions of it." I find that useful. Yeah. Well, Definitely. I don't have that much experience yet, but I'm building it. <laughs> uh, so Jeffrey had a question earlier. Uh, when I'm gaming, <clears throat> excuse me, when I'm gaming, I always turn off motion blur and V-Sync. Should I be doing this? I read it somewhere, so decided to try it. Not exactly sure what it's doing. Uh, V-Sync is designed to combat tearing and stuttering and more closely align the frame rate output with the, the monitor output. Uh, so it will drop your performance levels in most cases. Latency will be worse, too, with VSync on, right? Yeah, latency could also be worse. So with VSync, it's highly variable. I would recommend trying with it on and off, whatever feels better, play with it. Uh, motion blur is 100% subjective. Uh, do you like it? Leave it on. Do you hate it? I hate it. I always turn it off. <laughs> well, so. also, uh, somebody... I think it was on our Discord. You should get on the folder Discord. It's a great place. Uh, was talking about not using VSync in game and turning on fast sync in the NVIDIA control panel. Uh, I tried it, uh, but I didn't. Like, I, I was still getting like screen tearing. So, well, but I don't. Fast sync is like above VSync. Like, VSync. Fast sync is for when you're playing an extremely fast game. If you're playing CSGO on a 2080 Ti and getting 300 frames, but you're playing on a 120 frame monitor kind of deal, that's 120 hertz monitor. That's what fast sync is for. It's not quite the same thing as VSync. It's supplementary. They're two different technologies. Interesting. But I do think sort of most people are don't have exotic panels. They're still playing 60 hertz. I think it might be mm-hmm. worth also thinking about 
if you're playing CS:GO and you've got a fast enough GPU, turn VSync off because you want to go for that latency because you're such a badass gamer, right? But if you're playing another game or Control, where you just it's you're really sort of bathing in the, the visual beauty of the game, then turn VSync on. You know, not have the tearing. And if you have an adaptive sync monitor, turn it off. I would not bother with uh, V-Sync when you have an adaptive sync monitor because that just makes it all smooth and awesome anyway. So, What about when you're under 48 hertz? Depends if you're using FreeSync or G-Sync. <laughs> oh, I see. You're saying including, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's throwing shade. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Charleston Lee is asking, uh, when will the tariffs start to really affect prices on all computer parts? Ooh, that one's hard. Well, already to, it, already, it already is for case prices. I mean, it's already starting to trickle in, but it's hard to predict when it's all going to come to, you know, critical mass. Because mm-hmm. it keeps going back and forth. It changes week by week and tweet by tweet. So yes. Yeah, and I think also people are using exploits to sort of avoid it too, right? I mean, there are sort of like, if you, if you, if you imported a built machine to the U.S., I think it was excluded from the tariffs. But if you imported the parts... Yeah, and we were talking uh, off air at one point, like hypothesizing that, you know, in anticipation of Black Friday, that maybe some places have been stockpiling before the tariffs so that they don't have to pass those prices on to consumers just yet. So I would say either we're going to start to see the effects around the holiday period or just after the holiday period, if there's going to be some kind of like critical hit type thing. I wonder, though, so if you were a vendor, if I were a vendor and I thought of... So if I pretended I were, say, a local government or an airline, I would immediately say, well, new prices from the tariffs. Wait, well, you've been stockpiling this for eight months. Yeah, I- but there's new tariffs <laughs> from the higher price. You know, you, pass, you immediately pass on the cost because there's airlines that still have fuel surcharges, even though the fuel crisis is sort of over for a lot of them. So, and of course, we know local governments never like, well, golly, we don't want your tax money. So they never lower it. So I kind of <laughs> wonder if like, if you were, if I were a vendor, I'd want to like, I'm just going to go for the higher profits. You know, I tell you what, uh, we're already seeing it in cases. One, we are. Uh, two, we're also seeing it. I'm not sure if it's because of tariffs. I'm not sure if it's because of cutting at the cutting edge technology tax or what, but like AMD's Ryzen CPUs are more expensive than second gen's comparable models and when that came out i'm like i wonder if they're just setting things in place because of the tariffs so it's a complicated situation (laughs) yeah but the bigger question is whether it ever goes down yeah right so all the tariffs can blow up go away and then in a year are the prices going to come down are they just going to stay artificially elevated still paying for my damn bags on airplanes yeah, there is oh, no collusion between that's purely an airline money grab. Purely. No, it was right after all that. They're like, oh, we need these new security procedures for the short term. Yeah, I'm waiting for them to have the little like you put the quarter in the bathroom in the airplane. You have to turn it. <laughs> oh, then maybe you can put in the seat if you want to recline that inch and a half. You got to put the quarter in. Don't give them ideas, Gordon. <laughs> no. Don't give them ideas. Would you like a clean blanket or one that's been in circulation for two months? I will pay the extra dollar. <laughs> this is why I don't use the blanket ever. I leave it in the plastic wrap and yeah. then I just use it as a back pillow. What thing. happened to air travel? Remember air travel? They would have fine China and they would be like in the you know Pan Am clipper crossing the ocean. Well, now it's they, just they like a Greyhound bus. They didn't have disposable stuff back then either. 
Yeah. Uh, so what is this? Uh, Audio Nerd over on our Discord is asking, is it okay to install an AIO and just let it sit on the CPU without turning it on? I'm slowly building my PC as the parts come in. I don't... Yeah, it should be fine. Yeah, just you know, uh, applying the thermal paste. And, oh. yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. Nothing to worry about. Okay. Well, that was easy. Uh, here's one from Shoot Him, Not Me. I would... If you're going to do that, I would recommend putting your case in operational, like how you're going to have it standing so that everything's configured the way it's going to be. So it's not just all bent and crooked and weird. I don't know if that makes a difference, but that's what I would do if I was in that situation. Yeah. And one thing I'd want to say, because one thing I don't understand is if you're saying you're going to apply the the cold block, water block, whatever you want to call it, to the CPU, I would not have the radiator hanging loose. Oh. Where you're putting all kinds of stress on the tubes oh, and putting yeah. all kinds of stress on the mount. I would definitely mount that in the case yeah, so to the, the, take they're up the stress. basically asking if it's okay just to kind of install it without actually using it yet, right? Which is fine. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fine. fine. We'll, we'll, we'll save the other questions, uh, but the last question I have is from Wings Cancer. Uh, I'd like to know if, uh, if we have predictions on Apple's keynote event next week. Any predictions? I'm going to be very sleepy. <laughs> I, my prediction, obviously, new iPhone. Who cares? Whatever. I mean, you know, it's better. It's 11. One more number. That's I think good. it's got some rumored crazy name like Max Pro Elite something. <laughs> you know, it's know. just one of those things where it doesn't even matter at this point. It's it going to be better. If- it's going to be a step forward. It's going to be cool. Whatever. Oh, blah, 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 blah. But I, I'm really hoping for Mac news. And then every time I get Charlie Brown. But I'm thinking... <laughs> the wrong time of year for it Ever, whatever they're gonna do it 16 inch macbook pro 16 yeah because there's a rumor of a 16 inch mac pro, pro pro which is just in between screen size so they're going to get a custom panel and then you know probably an h part so eight core h part yeah i don't think this will be the time of year for it though well i just they can't i mean i think one thing i have seen from apple is they have changed their ways a little bit because at one point they were just ready to wave bye bye to the Mac platform period in x86, but it feels like they're like, oh, people still want these, so that's why mm-hmm. they did the Mac Pro, they did the iMac Pro, they're doing these new iMac or new Mac books. Well, I don't disagree with that, but they they do seem to keep things like seasonal still. And, iPads in the spring, yeah. iPhones in the yeah, oh. and then I think Macs tend to be more of like spring. Like yeah, they're not going to talk about Macs. They week. cannot oh. wait. They're well, not they going to talk about. Oh. So here, so here's my theory because there was, I mean, Nvidia did not have to introduce that Quadro six thousand laptop. Yeah, yes. but this is Apple we're talking about. I think I really think Nvidia just. They, it's clear that Nvidia is just trying to like you know pull Apple's ear all the time because like, well, you can go with these AMD parts. Look at wait, we got Quadro RTX in a laptop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yep. they, they push that out, and you know I think they're they're just actively taunting Apple more than anything because well, all the creator stuff. And it like, doesn't well, matter yeah. because people are and, people aren't going. Yeah, I don't think it's yeah, just Nvidia. Are. I think uh, there's a, yeah a lot of people you know who who are looking outside of the Apple ecosystem. I mean, I personally know a lot of people. Uh, I'm and the laptop manufacturers are starting to make like creator laptops with in conjunction with Nvidia. But I'm looking at an Acer concept d7 which is literally a, a kind of a rebrand of the acer predator triton 500 it's a gaming laptop but they made a content creation version so I'll, I'll be doing a video on that soon uh but then also looking at these other like creator laptops where apple has kind of left people behind and then all these other people are trying to scoop in and say hey look over here we got good content creation options so. streaming streaming 
Twitch and making YouTube videos is so huge these days, and you just can't play games on a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but exactly. here's the last... I, you can't I, be a Fortnite star on a Mac. But I do think the one thing that people need to focus on, everybody, and it already is happening, NVIDIA's doing it, um, Intel's doing it, I think the community needs to, everybody just needs to turn and point at Adobe and say, come on, you're just messing this up, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. No, Adobe, Adobe seems like is screwing up. They are doing everything bending over backwards to optimize all of their products for iPad, right? Yeah, well, but run I... On, on run on ARM, do all kinds of crazy things on ARM. All these optimizations for ARM, which is, I'm sorry, but come which, on, man. Maybe that'll help them look, in the future at, when the Mac switches to ARM. Uh, uh, also, uh, side note, uh, I, I just I didn't make my prediction. Oh, sorry. Oh? There's not going to be an iPhone SE, and I'm not going to care about any of the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> Although there Who is knows? a rumor that there's, there's supposed to, supposedly one but coming in 2020. But I feel like at this point, as an iPhone SE fan, I'm just getting strung along. I just I pulled mine out of the drawer that. this weekend, and I'm just like, man, this thing is so much better than my gigantic, crappy iPhone XR. I know. Look. <laughs> Look, it actually fits in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, side note, uh, this morning I got a new um, NVIDIA Studio driver that has support for Lightroom. I, so I want to... I wanna, Yeah, yeah. I want to fire up Lightroom and see if that uh, burning trash fire version. is any better. Well, they're saying it helps, it helps uh, 4K if you're working at 4K. Yeah, well, I, which I do. So right, yeah, so it that'd should, be great. It should make. I mean, I just kind of like. I just sometimes want to just like, come on, Adobe. Like you're wrecking it for everybody. Both both platforms, you know, Mac OS and Windows. It's like, come on, just especially Windows because they make more money off of Windows. So why yeah. not? Yeah. Why not? You know, but, dance with the one that brung him. You know, just like uh, Chris Mills in the chat. Uh, I have been looking at. Uh, uh, some other options like DaVinci Resolve and right. stuff like that. Right. So, you know, like uh, whenever you start, you know, poking around in the other spots because you're not happy with something, that's when people lose you. So. You know, but the problem is you're paying $52 to Adobe every month. Well, I'm not. But Well, but if you are, then you, <laughs> in, no matter what, even though Resolve is good and you've got some, you know, strength in other areas, you're paying all this money to Adobe. You've got Photoshop. You've got all these other things you're paying for. Are you really going to switch your workflow for just one thing? I think it should just like we should go down and pick it like more performance for PC. Yeah. Hey, hey, ho, ho! Something's got to go. Yeah. One of those performance things. has got to improve. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, sorry, everyone, for the weird internet glitches. Uh, the, I just last week saw the 20th anniversary of the Matrix. Uh, they re-released it in the theaters. Oh, you went. It was awesome. Uh, and so yeah, I'm just gonna say it was a, mat- uh, a glitch in the Matrix. So. Oh, do we have our tickets? No, we need to talk about that. I keep talking. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, it's not sold out. I checked. <laughs> Nobody cares for Star Nobody's going to go to that. I no, we're going to make you go. We're gonna make I you understand go. they're going to have flight pillows. You're going to have uh, like, <laughs> Anyway, check back <laughs> next week. The cloud? Check back next week for your talk. Uh, All right, let's go. All right, we got to go. Check back <laughs> next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Also, please leave a review. Every time you do, <laughs> someone skips Star Trek, the next, uh, the original motion picture. Yeah, don't say next generation. Yeah. Please. Well, at first two seasons. You'd be, I'm, first two and a half seasons, I'm okay with. Episodes. Annexing and just pouring into the ocean. Same questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Chargas. Adios. Eleni. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray will hit the off button. Oh, hey, what's this red light? Internet? It's cutting out. Hold on.